Good morning, Cleveland. This is Pastor C.A. here at Faith Memorial Church in this great city of Cleveland, Tennessee, and you are tuning in to Thinking Out Loud. This morning, I'm continuing our conversation on the five observations of the anointing taken primarily from Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 18. And what we have observed so far is we have talked about the presence of the anointing, that God isn't abstractly or transcendently just anointing us or commissioning us. He is not just wanting to be detached and pour out something on us. He wants to invite us to participate and partake in His presence, in His anointing, and in His joy. And then we moved into a conversation about the power, about Jesus being at His weakest point and still being able to go toe-to-toe with the devil, and that power resides in us, that it's an ever-ready, an ever-available supply, that it doesn't run out, that it's always there, it's always present, and we can operate and live in that power. And then the third point, which we talked about on yesterday's program, was about the purity of the anointing, that the anointing isn't given watered down or diluted, that the anointing isn't you know, detached from us. It's not just the anointed gift, although that can happen. It's about God wanting to anoint us and our gift, that it's for us, that we're the ones being invited into that, and that the anointing will always operate in accordance and alignment with the Word of God. And that brings us to today where we're going to talk about the pleasure of the anointing, the pleasure of the anointing. And just for for clarification's sake, when I use the word pleasure, I often use it in a manner different from most people. I know that in our society, we treat words like joy, happiness, gladness, pleasure as synonymous with one another. We would use them interchangeably. However, to express the biblical ideas that are oftentimes contained in these words, I use them a little bit differently. I use happiness as a an emotional response or a euphoric experience to something external. Somebody gives you $100, you're happy. Someone steals $100, you're not happy. And then you move from that into this idea of pleasure. And pleasure is not a thing in of itself that brings happiness. Pleasure is actually those activities and things that we participate in to cultivate what brings us happiness. For example, you think about people that you know, are in a realm of drugs or in a lascivious lifestyle or, you know, different things like that, you know, in a very worldly manner, they continue to do activities that bring them no happiness at all, but they're doing it in an effort to try and cultivate some level of contentment, some level of satisfaction. So they keep engaging in these activities, calling them pleasures, hoping that they would bring happiness or satisfaction. So pleasure is an activity that you participate in to try and cultivate happiness. It's much like, you know, you switch to eating healthy food. At first, your taste buds are not cultivated or prepared for that. And so it tastes very different from foods that are packed with MSG. That's a different conversation entirely, but that's kind of the idea that's being expressed by the word pleasure. And then joy is the attachment to desire and the realization of that and gladness as a state of being. But the reason that I give you those definitions is so when I talk about the pleasure of anointing, you know that I'm talking about the anointing working in your life in such a way that it begins to change 
change the things that you desire. It begins to change the things that bring you happiness. Most people will quote the scripture about God giving us the desires of our heart. And they'll quote that as in you have this desire and God will give you the realization of that desire. And I'm not deteriorating or pulling back from that. But what I want you to understand is the greater truth is that desire in your heart, if the anointing is present in your life, will actually begin to shift and begin to mirror the desires that God has for your life. So God will not only give you the object of your desire, but he'll actually change and transform the motivation for that desire in the first place. So then the very motivation and things you desire change and transform. And then God gives you the object of that desire because ultimately that is what is going to bring you the most joy, the most contentment, and the most satisfaction. This has been Thinking Out Loud with Pastor CA. God bless and have a great day.